Welcome, everybody. It's so great to see uh, you. I, you can see me, but I can't see you, but I know you're out there. And um, my prayer for you today, I know there's a lot of people, as my parents have already shared, and it's no secret, that are probably hurting um, today. I think a lot of people are probably really confused, burdened, and overwhelmed by so many, so many different things. And my prayer, even coming into this weekend, uh, is that God would use my words as an ointment of healing for you in whatever way that you need it. Um, I don't know what is plaguing you, but God does. That's the cool thing about God. And he has this way of touching our hearts at the right moment, at the right time, thinking through our thoughts in a way that only he can. And so that's my prayer for you today. I know we've already prayed, but I just want to take one second uh, before I get into the Bible to what I'm going to share today that I believe can really be hope-filled uh, hope and full of healing for you. And I just want to ask God to do what God and only God can do in this moment. Um, just to kind of recenter ourselves. Would you do that with me? I'm going to lead us. I'm going to lead us. You just close your eyes right where you're at. Let me pray. God, in these next few brief moments, God, would you do what only you could do? Would you use the words of my mouth, my articulation and communication beyond the things that I say? God, on a spiritual level, you know where every single person is at in their life today. You know where their psychology is at. God, you know where their burdens are at. You know where their difficulties are at. God, would you do what you can do? We just invite you into this moment. God, that people would be full of hope. They'd be filled with hope. They'd be filled with, with healing. That they would see that you're not done. That you would help us to transcend. God, specifically, that you would help us to transcend the things that we're facing and the things that we're feeling. That you would anchor us in the things that we know, that we believe, who you are. You are a good God. Even when things are not good, you're good. So we look to you. We ask that you'd help us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Today, I'm going to read from a passage of scripture, actually, that uh, I've taught for, from, and I think probably within the past six months. And the reason I'm going to use the same uh, passage of scripture is for a couple reasons. One, um, there's more in your mind and your memory that we can pull from and talk from today. Secondly, I want to teach you this principle about scripture. Uh, the Bible is actually, we, we talk about how it's, it's like it's alive. And I don't know if you know, this is why the words of God, the Bible is so important in our day-to-day -day lives. Because you can read the same thing that you read yesterday, um, going through a different situation today, and see something completely different. I want to show you that today. You're, you're going to see exactly how it works. So if you have your Bibles, uh, Acts chapter 9, I'm going, to, I'm going to read. This is the story, again, the transformation of, of Saul. Saul was a, a, a wicked man who was out to kill Christians. And he has this transformation, becomes this new person. We've read the start. I want to read it again and kind of pull some thoughts and ideas out from it. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Okay, ready? Uh, it says this, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, speaking of Christianity, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice Say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. Verse 7 says, the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. 
In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias said, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name, Ananias being a believer. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me that you may see again. And that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. Scales fell from his eyes. And he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. I can remember um, several years ago, uh, a family friend had passed away unexpectedly. And I don't know if you've ever experienced one of these situations where you lose somebody that you love. Um, that's a part of your everyday life, and there's no warm-up for it. There's no, like, we didn't know that they were sick. We didn't know that they were ill. We couldn't see it coming. It was just like, with the snap of your fingers, your whole world shifted. Your, your whole world changed. You were devastated. You were overwhelmed. You were reminded of the fragility of life. You were reminded of just how much this existence that we share we get so hot and bothered about so many different things but it's such a vapor you're here and then you're gone I remember being in this moment being overwhelmed by the magnitude of what we were facing trying to be supportive with the family that that we were there with and I remember the mom I don't know you have to remember I've grown up in in not just a Christian family but but in the house of a pastor so, so, so running to devastation, when people pass away, this is a part of what we do. We, we undergird, we help people who are hurting. I, I've seen a lot of experience, I've experienced a lot of things like this. For some reason, this situation, though, it stands out above the rest. I remember being at the home with the family when the parent of the person who had passed away, who was, who was an adult, uh, showed up. And when, when the mom walked up, I, I remember the look in her face. I remember the, the emotions, her words preempted with tears. And when she could finally get words out of her mouth, I, I'll never forget the, the way that she said what she said. It's tears welled up in her eyes. She just looked and she said, what, what happened? And it was funny because even though she asked the question, we knew she wasn't asking a question. We knew she was making a statement. And the statement was so much more than just, what is going, she wasn't looking for answers, she, she, was, she was making this statement of, it's not supposed to be like this. This is not what I'm supposed to be, this is not, this is not what life's about. A parent isn't supposed to live and watch their own child die. What, what happened? It's not supposed to be like this. I think it's stuck with me because it's an emotion that I can relate with. I think it's stuck with me because... There have been so many times in my life that I have faced mountains. I have faced things that I don't understand. I have faced things that contradict my faith. I have faced things that are completely in opposition to everything that I believe God wants me to experience in this life. And I have this sentiment of, what happened? And when I say what happened, I'm not asking a question. I'm making a statement. And the statement is this. It's not supposed to be like this. I'm not, I'm not supposed to be experiencing this type of, 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 of confusion, this overwhelming sense of Emotion. And when you find yourself in this position, which I think so many of us can find ourselves in this position today for a plethora of things. Like just stop and think about the last three months of your life. 
Think about the things that you've experienced. Think about the things that we've experienced collectively. We've had a lot of these, what happened? Not supposed to be like this moments. Overwhelmed. If we're honest, conf confused. I, I can't put my finger, I can't figure it out. I try to pray about it, and it's like I don't really get, I don't have the clarity that I need. And here's the problem about, the problem with confusion. Confusion has this magnetic pull that puts you into a cycle. You got to track with me. You got to hear what I'm saying. It puts you into a cycle. And the cycle looks like this. I'm going to talk through it, and I'm going to explain it. It starts with confusion. The confusion fueled by emotion leads you to conflict. And when you get into conflict, what happens is both people think they're right. Everybody thinks they're right. Everybody's fighting for their perspective. Nobody's willing to give up their high horse. So what happens? That conflict leads you back to more confusion. This is the position. That you, what, what, what happened? I'm confused. And because I'm confused, I want answers. Who's, whose fault is this? Who, who made this? Who put us in this position? So, so the confusion leads me to conflict. We got to figure out whose fault this is. We got to figure out where the source of, of this trauma, this pressure, this thing that isn't supposed to be. I got to figure out where this is coming from. But everybody thinks they're right. So we can't ever figure out where the problem's coming from. So what do we have? We have more confusion. It's a hamster wheel. It's a, mer a merry-go-round. Just this last week, me and my wife got into this argument. And we were fighting over something. And me and my wife, we don't, I don't know why, but we don't fight over, like, things that normal couples fight over. Like, we don't get into arguments about, like, which way should the toilet paper, like, flow over the, the holder. Like, we don't really fight over food unless she buys, like, a lot of organic stuff. She brought organic sheets one time, and it confused me because we weren't going to eat them. I didn't understand. Um, but we don't fight over, over just what normal couples do. You know what we fight over? <laughs> we fight over things like politics. Like, I'm not kidding. We will, we will get enraged and like veins popping out in our necks, yell like, oh no, like, I mean, slamming doors and everything over politics. And this is, that's what this was. We, we got into this conversation specifically about the pandemic. Everybody has different views on the way things that should be handled with the pandemic. You and your household have probably experienced this. So her and I, we, we have different perspectives as it pertains to the way that things should be handled. And she starts telling me the story that was actually kind of unrelated to the pandemic, but something that she said kind of brought it in. Well, it kind of irritated me and frustrated me, so I started sharing my view. Well, then one thing led to the other, and we're, we're having this discussion, and then it gets loud, and then it gets frustrated, then I get frustrated, then she gets frustrated, and what's hap happening is this, this confusion about the situation that we're facing in our world, it led us to this place of conflict. We're both guarding our position, and what happens is it, the, the narrative changes. What, what started about politics as my voice got louder, it shifted from politics to being about her not being heard and me not being respected. I remember I got so mad. I got loud. I'm shouting. I slammed my hand down on the top of the table. I slammed it as hard as I could. The, the, the whole room went silent. Two of my three kids were in the room. She said, Nick, do, don't do this. Don't do this. Now you, you, you started this and you don't want, she said, seriously, stop. And in that moment, I, I knew she was right. She turned around and she, she walked out of the door. And, and out of nowhere, these, these words dropped into my mind. Out of nowhere, these words dropped into my mind. Since when did you create teams? Huh? S since when did you create teams? Since when were you two on other sides? Since when was it you against her and her against you? Here's this question. Don't you both want the same thing? <laughs> I stopped and I thought about it. That's, that's 
It's true. We do. What, what do we want? We want people to be taken care of. We want people to feel safe. We want people to feel important. We want people to feel needed. We want people to feel, no, we want the same thing. We just want it different ways. But when confusion gets charged with emotion, you actually forget about the thing that you're fighting for. And you're, you're on this hamster wheel where it starts as one thing, but your discussion, your conversation, and I want you, I'm not going to connect the dots for you. You think about this in your life. You think about this as it pertains to the political climate and the things that we're facing in our world. Something that starts as one thing, when it gets charged by emotion, all of a sudden you're over here in left field arguing about something else, passionate about something else on the hamster wheel. And can, can I tell you, I understand. I understand because there is injustice. There is unfairness. There are things that should be done different. We feel these things. These things are very real to us. If we don't know how to deal with when we feel confused, we don't understand the opportunity that is really before us. It will always lead us to a place of separation, division, not unity. Can I tell you something? This is the ploy of darkness. This is the ploy of evil. This is the plan of the devil. If he can separate humanity, one man against another, one husband against his wife, one father against their child, he knows that he's got you cooked. You know why? Because people need each other to become the people that God has put them on the face of the planet to be. You can't become who you're supposed to become all by yourself. You can't accomplish the great things that God is destined for humanity. We can't do it alone. No, we need one another. So he wants to get you on the hamster wheel. If you could see it a little bit differently, sometimes these moments of confusion, sometimes these moments when I'm overwhelmed, sometimes these moments when I feel blind, sometimes it's a blessing in disguise. Wait a second. What, what are you telling me? Are you telling me that the things that I'm facing, are you telling me that the craziness that is going on in our world, are you telling me that the things that I'm going through as it pertains to my finances, that it's a good thing? Nope. But I'm telling you the fact that you can see it might be. What, what, what am I saying? There's a lot of times in life that before you realize you were blind, you were already blind. There are things that exist covertly in our life that fly under the radar. That I, sometimes in life there are things that I go through when I feel blind that actually show me what I've been all along. Hello, Saul. Saul was a man who persecuted Christians. And when you think of persecution, I'm not just talking about talking dirty about somebody. I'm not talking about sliding into the chat and saying nasty things about I hate you and you're, uh, you know, you're good for nothing and, and you're opposite of the This is somebody who murdered people because he believed that they were, an, they were the scum of the earth. He murdered people because he believed, here's what he believed, he believed that they were in opposition to God. Saul wasn't killing Christians because he was anti-God. Saul was killing Christians because he thought he was doing God a favor. Whoa! Think about that. Think about being on your high horse so much that I think I'm going to go kill me some people, and I think that I'm doing it on God's behalf until God finds them and God makes him blind. But the thing is, Saul was already blind before he was blind. Sometimes i got to thank God for my scales. Sometimes I got to thank God for my blindness because it showed me things that I thought, I thought they were helping me, but they were actually hurting me. Sometimes I got to thank God for the fact that I'm confused because at least I see it. At least I see things in my life that have been existing under the radar. At least I see the sickness. At least I see the poverty. At least I see that my trust was in money and the trust was in my ego and the trust was in my pride and the trust was in my arrogance. And I didn't think that there was racism and I didn't think that there was division. But now that I see it, thank God for my scales because at least I see that I am blind. Sometimes your blindness is a blessing in disguise. 
Because sometimes confusion is the opportunity to gain, to gain clarity. Can I ask you something? This pandemic, has it changed you? Has this pandemic changed you or has it tested you? Has it changed you or, or has it tested you? I'm a giver. I give. That's what I do. What's the key to your success? I'm generous. You're generous. Okay, okay. Now you're fired and lost your paycheck. What are you? Well, did, did the pandemic change you or, or did it test you? Did it te- I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a hustler. I'm a grinder. I get up, nobody's going to outwork me, nobody's going to out-hustle me. When I, get up, when I hit a wall, you know what I do? I climb over that wall. Okay, well, we, let's stop your business. What, what, oh, let's stop everybody's, let's, let's put everybody at home. You can't go to work. What are you, did it change you or did it test you? Sometimes confusion is clarity on things that have already existed in my life. What am I saying? When I'm confused, sometimes I, I, I should get excited because I have an opportunity because that means that clarity's coming. Sometimes i got to thank God for my scale. Thank God for my scales. Thank God that I was able to see that there were things that I thought that were helping me that were actually hurting me. There were some things that I would have never said goodbye to. There were some things, some people in my life that I would have held on to if I wouldn't have been confused, if I wouldn't have been upset, if I wouldn't have been in a place where I felt like I was blind, if I wouldn't have been in the moment where what happened, it's not supposed to be like that. Thank God for my scales. Thank God for my scales because they taught me humility. Taking notes, I want you to write that down. Sometimes I got to thank God for the fact that I'm confused because it teaches me humility. Saul falls to the ground, and when he gets up, he cannot see. And so the people with him have to lead him by the hand. Could you imagine this? A man of strength, a man of power, a man who with his hands could sign a treaty and change the course of everybody's life that that exists under his power, a man who could manipulate with his strong hands, a man who could do so many things because of the position that he had, a man who with the snap of his fingers could say, off with their head, now, now his hands are powerless unless they're held by the hand of another. Thank God for my scales before, because they taught me humility. They taught me that I need somebody. They took me off my high horse. They reminded me that I didn't get here on my own. I didn't get here because of my pedigree. I didn't get here because I was all that and bag of chips. I didn't get here because I understood everything and I had the right doctoral education and because I made something of myself. It was by the grace of God and by the grace of God alone. Sometimes I got to thank God for my scales because it gave me the gift of humility. It showed me that I needed other people. It showed me that there are times in my life that I don't know. I don't know it all. I don't know it all. I don't have all the answers. And there's times that I think that I know something. I don't know. There's things, that, there's things in my life that I think I have all the answers. And then I, there's something that happens that reminds me, you are man. You are not God. I am God and you are man. You are not who I am. You cannot do what I can do. Thank God for my scales. Because they gifted me an opportunity for humility. Humility is the secret sauce of the successful. Somebody needs to hear that today. Humility is the secret sauce of the success. You want to be a success in life? You don't become successful, successful by acting like you know it all. You don't, you don't, contrary to popular belief, I personally do not believe that you become a, I personally, these are my thoughts. I don't believe that you become a success by faking it till you make it. The principles of, of scripture, the things that, that the secret sauce of the successful is, is not that I have to have it all today, that I'm going to invest a little bit today so that I can have more tomorrow. This, I, I, don't, I don't know. I have more questions than I have answers. And all of a sudden, what happens is God begins to exalt. God puts you in a position where you begin to climb. What is, the, what is the key to me becoming the person that I need to become in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of things that I don't understand? It's humility. 
being willing, sometimes the answers that you need are locked up in somebody else. But as long as you are on your high horse thinking that, here's, here's, here's the deception. Saul thinks that he's doing, he, he, him and God are on the same page. Him and God are not on the same page. Sometimes pride will do this to you. Sometimes when you get a little bit of success under your belt and you don't got to pray like you used to pray and you don't got to fast like you used to fast and you, and you don't have the gift of desperation anymore because you got money, sometimes you find yourself in a position where you think that you and God are on the same team. Thank God for my scales because it showed me. Showed me things that I thought I knew. I was dead wrong. I was dead, I was dead wrong. The thing about life is so interesting. Either you'll choose humility or life will humble you. This is why the Bible says pride comes, pride. You want to go, you want to act like you're somebody in life. You want to act like, I got it all together. I'm not afraid of nothing in the midst of all. You want to act like you know it all. You want to act like your way is the right way and nobody else sees, the, sees things right but you. What do you say? That, that way of thinking comes before a fall. What is that? It's, it's this picture of e either Either you're going to humble yourself or life's going to humble you. And it's a whole lot more embarrassing, trust me, when life has to humble you. There are so many people in their lives. Everybody else can see that life has humbled them and they still don't choose humility. Sometimes I look back and I thank God for my scales. Because it reminded me that I needed somebody. It reminded me that I don't have to have it all together. It reminded me that there are times in my life that other people possess answers that I think that I have that I don't. When I'm confused, sometimes the key to me getting clarity in my life is embracing humility. Thank God for my scales, for it gifted me humility. Thank God for my scales, for it showed me my need for my brother. Thank God for my scales because it made me hungry. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. When he got up, he could not see, and so he did not eat for three days. I wouldn't want it like I wanted if I hadn't have been through what I've been through. I wouldn't want it like I wanted if I saw things the way that I wanted to see. I, I, would, I would not have had the courage to make the moves that I made had I not not had clarity in my life. Had I not not been in this moment where I thought, what's going on? It's not supposed to be like this. Sometimes I got to thank God for my scales because it made me hungry. It made me pull myself up by the bootstraps and square my shoulders and say, I got to have it. I got to have more. There's things that I have to part with. There's people that I have to say goodbye to. There's toxic relationships in my life that have to go that I thought they were helping me but they were actually hurting me thank God for my scales because it made me hungry it made me hungry to become the person that I knew that I was destined to be it made me hungry to say I can't have it I know I love them and I know I want to be good to the people around me but I know what God has placed on the inside of me and I got to do what God has called me to do I'm so thankful for times when I've been confused and I've been overwhelmed and I didn't know which way was up and I didn't know which way was down because it made me hungry it didn't just make me hungry for things it made me hungry for God it didn't just make me hungry for things. It made me hungry for God, Ananias. You're going to go and you're going to find a man named Saul and he's been praying for you. Why are you praying, Saul? Because I'm hungry. Why are you praying, Saul? Because I cannot see. Because I need a touch from God. Because I need divine order in my, my life. I need providence. I need God's way working through my life, working through my hands. I'm hungry. Have you noticed how close you've gotten moments like this? How many times have you turned and looked and said, God, help. God, I don't understand. Yet in your life, in your walk before, sometimes it's easy. 
It's easy when you think you can see and you're blind to forget your necessities. Forget the one you really should be dependent. Thank you, God. Sometimes I got so I'm telling you. I, I understand that it's overwhelming. I understand, but at least I can see it. At least I can see that I cannot see because the fact that I can see that I cannot see is the thing that puts me in the position to be able to see. Thank God for my scales because it made me hungry. It made me hungry. It made me want it again. It made me want it again. I lost my hunger. I lost my appetite. I didn't want it. But thank God for my scales because it made me want it again. Things were comfortable and we were kind of riding the wave. And I thought that God was right in the middle of it. But thank you, God, for stopping me and showing me my blindness. Thank you, God, for overwhelming me with what seemed like confusion in the moment. It was confusing to me, but it was clarity to you. You knew what you were doing when I couldn't understand what you were doing. You were crafting me. You were working things in me that was overwhelming to me. But you knew it was for my greater good. Thank you, God, for my scales, for they made me hungry. They made me want it again. Maybe say goodbye. They made me have courage that I didn't have before because I couldn't see and I knew that I needed to. Thank you, God, for my scales, for they made me humble. Thank you, God, for my scales, for they made me hungry. Thank you, God, for my scales because they gave me the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. For my scales, for they gave me the Holy Spirit. Ananias walks into the room, and there is Saul sitting, praying, hungry, humble. A man who used to be magnified and glorified by many, now in a state of pathetic, pathetic, pathetic disposition, pathetic way of thinking, pathetic position in life. There he is, and there he sits, and here's what Ananias says to Saul. God has sent me to you, that you may receive your sight, and that you may be filled, okay, that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank God for my scales, for they positioned me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank God for my scales because they positioned me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the game changer. This makes me super emotional when I talk about it. Because this is the best kept secret in all of Christianity that we don't talk about nearly enough. It's the message of, 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 of the, what is the Holy Spirit. See, it's, it's one thing. It's one thing for, for me to put my life into the things of God. It's one thing for me to say, God, okay, I'll participate in your way. I'll step up to a new level. I'll believe in this God. We'll start doing our devotions. We'll get involved in church. We'll, we'll start participating in the things that God, it's one thing for me to put my life in God. It's another thing to get God's life in me. Yeah, I hope that you're hearing what I'm saying today. Can I tell you something? The cure for the things that we're facing today you know what's going to solve racism? I think we need to have debates. I think we need to have conversations. I think we need to stand up against injustice. I'm going to be the first one on the front lines to do it. But can I tell you, it's not going to be conversation that has the ability to change the scope of humanity. It's not going to be more debates, and it's not going to be more finger pointing, and it's not going to be emotionalism. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be the Holy Spirit. It's going to be the power of God. It's God and God alone that has the ability to change the narrative of what we're feeling. You know why? Because it's demonic. Because it's influence. Can I tell you something about the situation that you're facing? You're mad at people, but it's not people. You're, you're thinking that the things that you're going through is because of policy. And
being perceived, and I get it, all of that needs to change. But, but can I tell you, the issue that you're facing in your marriage, the issue that you're facing with your children, the issue that you're facing as it pertains to your private life that nobody knows about, that nobody knows about but you, can I tell you, it's not natural. It's spiritual. It's influenced. There is nothing. What would cause a human to look at somebody that has the same body parts as them, that has the same mind as them, that has the same capacity as them, that have a family just like they do and say, I hate you. That's not human. No, that's demonic. That's spiritual. That's influenced. But, but we live in a spiritual realm. It's not just all natural stuff. There's spiritual things at play. How do you, how do you cure a spiritual problem with spiritual means? Just like people in this world are being influenced by darkness. That's what it is. People are being influenced by darkness. You don't, you don't think the devil puts little things in your way to get you thinking certain ways and, 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 and uh, puts certain people in your path in your childhood in certain ways, in certain framework. He builds a framework. Why? So that he can just influence. Am I possessed by it? No, you're not possessed by a devil. You're just influenced by spiritual things. This is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. This is, why Je this is why Jesus says, guys, it's been great that I've been here and we've done some incredible things. And I've paid for the sins of all of humanity so that people can connect with God. But, but i got to go. Why? What? Why? we got a good thing going on here because the Holy Spirit has to come. He's the game changer. He, he's, the, he's, he's the game changer. What are you talking about he's the game changer? Because I can't be with everybody. He can be with everybody at the same time. So the idea is this. This is what Jesus is saying. Guys, it's not okay. It's not just enough for you to put your life into my hands. I gotta go because I gotta find a way to put my life into your hands. I gotta find a way to get my power working in you and influencing you and changing. You know what the Holy Spirit will do? You know what the Holy Spirit will do? He'll stop you in the midst of a conversation when you're having an argument and you're out of line. He'll say, since when did you create teams? That's not me. Do you know how big my pride and my ego is and my flesh, man? That's the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. You know why? Because he's been invited in. I invited him. Holy Spirit, I don't, I don't, just, I don't just want, I don't think we just need God at the top of our list, relationships and God. We, you know, we need spirit-filled relationships. We need spirit-filled people. We need people who say, God, would you influence me? God, would you, would you come into our home? Holy Spirit, would you dwell on the inside of me? Would you lead me when I don't even know how to be led? When my ego gets out of hand and I think that I know the way, would you calm me on the inside? Would you show me things that I wouldn't allow my spouse to show me? Would you show me things that I wouldn't allow my president to show me? Would you show me things that I would not allow my fellow man to show me holy spirit would you speak holy spirit would you do what only you can do i invite you in on the inside of me i don't think for a second that paul is sitting there praying saying god give me my eyes give me my eyes give me my eyes you know what i think paul is saying he's saying god that thing that i encountered on that road that light of illumination that showed me something in me that is so scary because i thought that i was right and i was a hundred percent wrong god would you somehow send something so that that thing cannot just encounter me in a moment but it can dwell 
in me for a lifetime? Would you give me that light? Would you put that light on the inside of me? I'm here to tell you we don't just need a revolution that is full of politics and we don't just need a revolution that is full of everybody pontificating their point of view. We need a revolution of the Holy Spirit. We need God to come and dwell on the inside of humanity. We need fathers and mothers to stand and square their shoulders and say, God, if you can use anybody, you can use me. If you can dwell in any place, God, you can dwell in me. Would you dwell in me? Would you dwell in me? We need the Holy Spirit. Thank God for my scale. Thank God for the fact that I could not see. Because it showed me the Holy Spirit. It showed me the one that had the ability, the ability to turn my ear when I wouldn't give it to nobody. God has this way, folks. He's so gentle. He's not like me. He's so gentle. He's so kind. He has, I don't know how he does it. But when he talks, I listen. And I'm, I'm stubborn. If you, if you, don't, you don't really know me, if you don't know. But there's something about the Holy Spirit. When he, when he speaks, when you invite God, not just I believe in you, Jesus. It's powerful. Not just I have faith in a higher power. That's powerful. That's, that's a major step in your spiritual journey. But if you haven't invited the Holy Spirit in, that still small voice that can lead and guide, led by the unseen hand of God, you're missing out on one of the best things. I think it's the best thing God offers you. That he can dwell in you. That he can dwell in you richly. That he could influence you when people cannot. Can I tell you the way that we're going to change things in our world? Is by us inviting God to dwell in us. Not just my life in God's hands, God's life working through my hands. Did you hear what I said? Not just God, not just a, a God-centered, God-number-one life, a spirit-filled, spirit-filled life. So right where you're at, I'm actually going to ask my mom to come up here because my mom, my, I, my family is, we're, we're so silly. We, we come from a church background, so a lot of times because of things that we experience that have been represented wrongly, we don't like to cling to some of the gifts that God has actually given us. And my mom has, has this intercession gift. She has an ability to pray. I don't know how she does this. It's one of those things. It's like, how does she pray? And she can pray long and it feels short. It's just something. She has this ability. There's been times in my life where she's prayed. And things, there's been times in my life where I talk to my dad, and my dad will tell me, there's been things in your life that the reason that you made it through is because you had a praying mama. And I'm going to ask her to lead us in prayer, and lead us in this prayer. And it's going to be a model, because I'm going to ask, we're going we're to do something different here in a second. She's going to lead us in a prayer, and we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit. I think, first and foremost, just to invade our church, that we would be a, a church that we don't just want... I get emotional about this because if you've never experienced the power of God dwelling in you, it's different, man. It's different than just Sunday morning Christianity. It's doing life with God. I didn't, this is how horrible of a preacher I am. I didn't even know that it was Pentecost Sunday until my dad told me last week. And these were things that God was already speaking to me about, about this stuff, about the, about the Holy Spirit. Do you think it's just coincidence that it's Pentecost Sunday, which is the birth of the church, when the Holy Spirit awesome. was released into humanity? I'm here to tell you, God, God is talking. And I want us to, as a church, um, to just pray. 
and then I'll coach you through what I, I believe that God is leading us. Stay in this moment. Be locked in just for a second. We're almost done. Will you just lead us? Lead us. Just lead us in prayer. Father, we thank you for the gift of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the power of God that so poured out freely, a free gift to empower us to be filled with you, to empower us to be led by you, to empower us to see mighty signs and wonders and miracles come to pass in our lives, our homes, our families, and our church. God, this morning, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome yes, you. Yes, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome, welcome you into our lives first. I welcome you into my heart. I give you access, full, total access to my life. Submerge me in you this morning. Submerge my life in you this morning. I surrender my will. I surrender my way. I don't want you just to be an accessory to my life. I want to be totally invaded and saturated and led and empowered by you and by you alone. God, I open up my heart to you. I open up my family to you. God, have access to my family. Lead my family. Consume my family. Direct our family. God, may nothing we do be outside of the realms of the Spirit of God and your leading and your empowerment. God, this church was founded by you. Holy Spirit, you called it into existence. You empowered it. God, we, te- we declare today that Celebration Church is full of the Spirit of God, will be led by the Spirit of God, the life of God, the empowerment of God. God, we just give you access. Yes, God. God, we give you access. Holy Spirit, we just open up. And those, God, may not even understand what they're yep. doing. Yep. God may not even get it. But God, I'm in. If, you ha- if there's more of you to be received and more of you to see, I'm in. God, I, I just take that step and say, I'm in. I may not get it. It may not make yep. sense to my mind. But I want you. I need to be filled with you. Yep. I need to be saturated with yep. you. I need you to lead me, guide me, direct my yes, life, yes, God. Yes, yes. I release my will to your will. I just need you, Holy Spirit. Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah, the, ho- the whole idea is this. And I hope that I've done a decent job at communicating it. But there's many people, and I relate, probably in my life I re- relate predominantly to people who are new to faith in the mm-hmm. sense that my heart is just so big for those types of people. Because I think that your spiritual journey is just that a journey. But I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. It's, it's not, you, you can't just stay there. You need God thoughts, you need to have your, okay, I'm open to this idea that there's, but you have to move from my thoughts being okay with a God that exists and I gotta get God's thoughts working in me. That's, that's where, that's where it, it shifts. That's the Holy Spirit working in me. How do we experience true change? Have you, this is my whole point, confusion, conflict, confusion. You, you don't win by arguments. You don't win by getting really good and articulate at your point of view because only, God, only spiritual means can fix a spiritual, you're a spirit on the inside. So what can change the mind of a spirit but a spirit? So you're, can I tell you, you're under the influence of something. When we talk about Satan being the god of this world, like you're under the influence of something. There are powers that be. You need to be aware of this. You're being influenced. I mean, I'd be afraid. No, I don't need to be afraid. This is why I need to invite God. God is so much bigger than darkness. If we could just get the simplicity of God, I invite you to influence me. It's as simple as that. Holy Spirit is that God is, the Holy Spirit is just God, but in me. 
I inv- it's invitation only. He doesn't force himself. We say, that's why you say, how come when, I'm, how come when I just become a, 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 you have to invite the Holy Spirit. God, I, I don't just put my faith in you. I put your faith in me. You, you understand what I'm saying? I don't just put my faith in you. I put your faith in me. So here's what I'm going to do. And I know it may make you uncomfortable, but I don't think it's by accident that you're in your home. And I'm going to ask those of you that are watching, if you're willing, and I'm really asking you to do this, if you really want to see change in our world, if any of you have posted anything on social media, I'm talking to you. If any of you have called and talked to your friends, and I think that we need to do, we need to post on social media, we need to talk about the things. If you have done any of this, I ask you to have the courage to do what I'm about to ask you to do. I'm asking you in your place, in your homes, dads, moms, leaders of your homes. I'm going to ask my brother just to play something on the guitar. And I want to give you a moment. It may feel awkward, but would you, would you invite the Holy Spirit into your home? Was you out of your mouth? And some of you are like, oh, God, like I don't even know how to pray. Here's what you're going to say. Holy Spirit, I invite you into our family. That's it. And it makes me so emotional to think about because that's all he needs is an invitation. I've tried my best to be very vulnerable with you today. I've told you about the ugly parts of me. I've told you about the parts of me where I yelled at my wife and I shouldn't have. So look at me, men. I'm asking you to meet me halfway. I'm asking you to put yourself out there and do something that maybe you're uncomfortable with. I know you may not be the praying type. I know you may have a private, personal relationship with God. But I've been extra vulnerable with you today, and I'm asking you to do the same. To simply say, Holy Spirit, we just, we invite you into our home to influence us. Right where you're at, right now. Just just play something. We don't have to sing. And I'll just kind of, I'll talk. I'll talk to kind of make it less awkward, but understand what you're doing. You're not just having a family that is having faith in God. You're taking your faith in God and bringing it into your home. You don't have to be, well, what if we're not perfect? He doesn't need, he he influences, that's the idea, he influences. What you're going to find is things just start moving and shaking and and like changing. What is changing? You're changing your influence. You were influenced just by life and, and natural things and worldly things. But now there's a new influence. Right where you're at, Holy Spirit, you can just say what I said. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my family. Holy Spirit, I invite you even more so to live and to dwell in, inside of me. Holy, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you're, you're welcome. You are welcome in me. There are so many things that would say that you're not welcome because I have bad habits and bad behaviors and there's things. But I know you're not scared of that. I know you're not scared of my lack of articulation or ability to maybe do things like, but I invite you, you are welcome. What is your family's last name? You're welcome in the hand house. Holy Spirit, you're, you're welcome. In celebration, you're welcome. And I invite you. God, would you change our, would you change our country household by household? Would you change the narrative of what we're facing and the confusion that we're going through and the, the emotions that we're feeling, God, would you would you change us person by person as we allow ourselves to be under your influence? Sometimes I gotta thank God for my scales. <laughs> oh, because they showed me things that I couldn't see before. Thank God for my scales, for they taught me humility. I don't know certain things, certain things I just don't know. I've never been through it. I can't, I've never experienced it. I need somebody to teach me. I need somebody to teach me. 
I'm not going to act like I know what it likes to be a, to be a black person in our country because I'm not a black person. I'm, I'm not trying to step on any toes. You hear what I'm saying? I'm just saying I'm allowing my confusion to lead me down the road where? To humility. Somebody teach me. Somebody have a conversation with me. I, I'm not trying to act like I know. Just I'm open. Holy Spirit, work through me. I don't know. I don't want to be a part of the problem. I allow it to lead me down the road to humility. I thank God for my scales because it made me hungry. It made me want it again. You can, you can build your business again. Hear me, businessman. You can, you can get over this. I know that you've been depressed, and I know that you've been stuck in your bedroom, and you're thinking that it's over. It's time to rise up, mighty man of God. It's the God on the inside of you that did it. It's the Holy Spirit. It was God. He, he was working. It wasn't your intellect, and it wasn't your, your pedigree. you, you got to hear it. I've been saying it over and over, but you got to hear it. 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 You're going to do it again. You're going to do it again. You're going to do it again. It's going to look different. It's going to look completely different, but you're going to do it again. Why? Thank God, because the scales, they, they, they enable me to see I wouldn't have the hunger to go after it again because I'm too old, because I'm too washed up, because I have all my excuses, but because I'm here, because I'm now I see it, I'm going to say goodbye to some things. I'm going to say hello to some things. I'm going to start praying like I used to pray. I'm going to start pushing into God like I used to. Why? Because I'm hungry. Thank God for my scales. He gave me my hunger back. Thank God for my scales because it showed me my need. Not just my life in God's hands. God's life in my hands. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I, I'm going to say this one last thing and we're going to wrap up because I know I'm probably pushing it. I think that there's some of you that there have been things in previous seasons that have helped you succeed. Hear me. I believe this. I believe that, again, things are influenced spiritually. I don't think that I just think this because I'm human. I think that God has put me in the position, position to think this. There are things that have made you a success in previous seasons that you think are going to make you a success in the new season, but you got to let go of it or it's going to take you under. And, and some of you, it makes no sense. But I believe for some of you, it's the answer you've been needing. Here's the picture. I was with the pool. I was in the pool with my son the other day, and he got this brand new uh, snorkel thing. My mama got him. It has like goggles and a snorkel. Super excited. He loves this thing because this thing is what enhances his life. This thing is the thing that is, he's just super, it's made his life good. But what happens is he gets out to the deep and the mask falls down around his neck. And all of a sudden, the thing that used to be a blessing to him now becomes a burden. And so I don't know who I'm talking to. There are, there's been things in certain seasons that felt like a blessing, but in this season, it's starting to feel like a burden. It's because in order for God to take you where he wants to take you, you got to take off the thing that you thought sustained you and set it aside because you're in a different season now. And it's not that you won't be in a position to put it back on again. It's that now is not the time. So I don't know who that relates to. I don't know what it relates to. Some of you are like, okay, he's crazy. But i got to say it because I don't think that I'm just influenced by natural things. I think I'm influenced by spiritual things. So in your life, be willing to, here, here, here's, here's where it is, be willing to try new things. Be willing to have new conversations. Be willing to say goodbye to things that you thought you, this, was going, this was going to be it. This was going to be it. If you hold on to that thing, it's the thing that's pulling you under. Would you close your eyes and pray with me? God, I just pray today that even as we go about our time, God, that you would be with us, Holy Spirit, that you would dwell in us richly, just as you have spoken through me and used me today, that you've shown me these pictures, that you use these images of me and my child swimming. God, would people be able to start seeing these things, start be seeing these things, that, that stuff in life would start speaking to them. I just declare in your life that stuff in life is going to start speaking to you, the simplicity of things. Scriptures that you've read over and over and over, and they become memory verses that have no meaning, are going to come alive again. There's things that you have read, and it's become rhetoric. I just declare that there's a... There's 
there's a, there's a freshness to your faith. It gets fresh again. It gets exhilarating again. It gets exciting again. You start feeling that thing again. You start getting the goosebumps again. You start feeling God tangibly. The thing that you maybe thought is not really necessary, you're going to start feeling it again. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells in you richly. He's been invited in. He's been invited in. He's been invited in. He's been invited in. I speak to songwriters. I speak to songwriters and artists. I declare a new love for your art again, that there's going to be new, new art and new material, new things that are actually going to shift the culture. I hear that by the Spirit of God. There are things that people will take in through a sound that they will not take in through a script. There are things that people will take in through a sound that will not, they will not take in through a script. There are things that people will take in from a sound that they will not take in through a script. I speak to songwriters. Rise up, songwriters. Don't question your gift. Don't think that it's in, inappropriate or, or not, not important in this time. I'm here to tell you, artists, it is even that much more important that you create your art because your art transcends the script. Your art transcends the script. Your art transcends the script. Your art transcends the ultimate artist who painted the heavens and the earth, the ultimate creator who crafted you in your mother's womb. He is asking you to rise up and be an artist. He is asking you to rise up and create again because there's things that can be created that are greater than the script. People will listen to songs when they will not listen to scripts. People will look at art and be impacted by that. Well, they will not listen to rhetoric and they will not listen to pontification and they will not listen to people trying to fight for the thing that they want from their pedestal. I say to artists, rise up artists. Become the people that God has called you to be. Become the people that God has called you to be. If you never made a decision to place your faith in Christ, I want to say this real quick. It's really simple. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Can we pray this prayer together? We invite the Holy Spirit. For those of you that maybe have never placed your faith in Jesus, say this out loud. Say, Jesus, today, I believe in my heart. I say out of my mouth, you are the Son of God. I believe that you live for me. And I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you came back from the dead for me. Today, I call you my Savior, and I make you my Lord. Help me to live the life that you made me to live. Say it again. Say, help me to live the life that you made me to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, my. Ooh. I just got to look in this camera and tell you today, there has been a God shift in your life, in your home, and in your family. Mark this day, something has shifted in your life. It's the spirit and the power of Almighty God. Wherever you're at watching this, would you just now go into this moment? Don't drop off. Just don't, don't go back to what you were doing. Just, just give God all of your attention for the next few minutes. We're going to sing one more song. And I'm here to tell you, celebration, there's, there's been a shift today in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 